You're listening to SBS on the Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Friday, the 12th of January 2024. Later on in Market Day, we'll speak with Marcus Bogdan from Blackmore Capital for his take on the share market action and opportunities on the share market for 2024. But first, to inflation in China, which fell for a third straight month, down 0.3% in December year on year. So will its economy ever power up again? I spoke with Janu Chan, an independent economist based in Hong Kong. Janu, so Chinese inflation down 0.3% year-on-year in December. What's causing it and how would you describe the Chinese economy? The ultimate cause of Chinese deflation is weak demand. Uh, There are some big challenges in China's economy. There's the long-running housing crisis, and that's having a flow-on effect to many parts of China's economy, such as household spending. Households have had their wealth tied up in property, some of which are uncompleted apartments, and so they're just not spending much. China's economy has also been very reliant on the past on investment and still is, and it's struggling to transition to a more consumption-led economy. So in a word, I describe China's economy as being challenging. So to what extent is there growing pressure for there to be stimulus from Chinese authorities? And and what do you see happening there? It's going to be a big question this year of what authorities will do. Will they provide more stimulus? Will they provide a big enough amount of stimulus? I think there is a reluctance to revert back to the old playbook where they spent up really big on infrastructure. Uh, And the economy probably doesn't need that at this point. Uh, But there's also a reluctance to go to other forms of big spending, uh, big stimulus, such as large handouts to households, and that could really help the economy. I think the most likely path is is that we're going to continue to see small support measures, and authorities have been doing that uh, over the past couple of years, uh, such as interest rate cuts or easing up lending a bit more. Uh, But I think they have been and they may continue to stop short of providing a major bazooka kind of stimulus. So this um, China's economic rebound post-pandemic, the one that many investors were kind of expecting in 2023, which didn't happen, is it likely to be pushed back even further? There has been a rebound in China's economy. China looks like it will grow at around 5% for 2023 after growth of 3% last year. But I think investors did underestimate the impact from the troubles in the housing market and how that would affect the economy. And they also overestimated how much stimulus there would be to support the economy. I think these concerns are going to be persisting this year. Uh, So I think we will see growth weaken this year from last year. So what's all of this likely to mean for Australia? Because at the same time, the iron ore price has been rising anyway. Look, a weaker Chinese economy isn't good news for Australia. But yeah, commodity prices have been pretty resilient in the face of it and in the face of all of these challenges in China. So that has been some really good news for Australia. I think in part that reflects some of some of the supply still being a little bit constrained. 
but but also uh, you know demand from other sources like that shift towards green energy that that's also been supportive of commodity demand. I think for Australia itself, the improved relations with China has helped in restoring Australian exports, and so that's also been a big factor in how uh, how Australia will how Australian exports will perform um, to 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 China. And just finally, um, over in the US, inflation there reaccelerated. Why do you think the message is here? Because um, many people had thought that the inflation genie had started to be tamed globally, right? The story in the US and in many parts of the world, including Australia, has been a quick fall in inflation as that post-pandemic supply constraints, those have eased. Uh, But from now, it's going to be a much more bumpy path because we've had those supply constraints that the easy part of inflation falling has occurred is going to be a harder part now. It's going to be a more bumpy path to bring inflation back to target. That's going to mean rate cuts aren't likely go, too likely in the near term. That's a similar story for Australia, although Australia's path of inflation has lagged a bit behind the US. That is Janu Chan there, independent economist based out of Hong Kong. Now, Market Day on the SBS On The Money podcast. Quick look at the Australian share market now, which fell, but only just down by 0.1%, 7,498 on the S&P ASX 200. For more, I spoke with Marcus Bogdan, the Chief Investment Officer at Blackmore Capital. Marcus, let's start with the conflict in the Red Sea. The UK and the US launching airstrikes on Houthi targets following the group's attacks on ships in the passageway. What are the implications for markets, commodities? Well, the most immediate effect uh, is um, both on oil and gold. Uh, And what we've seen today is that both the oil market and the gold market are higher, and that's reflected in those major stocks uh, being Woodside and Santos being higher, and companies like Northern Star, which is a gold producer, being higher. So that's that's the first iteration. The second iteration is if it does es- escalate, uh, and then it could have wider economic implications in terms of global economic growth, um, disruptions to supply chain, and possibly the pressure on inflation. Is it something that you're worried about as an investor? I remember when we did the year in review uh, type interviews for the podcast, um, one of the key themes about risks to the global economy and global markets in 2024, one of the key ones was that of geopolitical tension. So could the implications really get worse? Are you worried about it? Well, uh, geopolitical tensions are, cert- are certainly there uh, and it would be significant if those tensions escalated further, particularly in terms of supply chains and this disruption that that could pose to global economic growth and subsequently the pressure on inflation. But the market is far more focused on the direction of interest rates and the inflation outlook in terms of driving sort of the immediate sentiment in the market. Okay, let's talk about that then, because we saw a lot of inflation out, uh, inflation data out today. The main one in the US reaccelerating from three point one to three point four percent. What does this say about the US economy and the path to lower uh, interest rates there? 
Well, the US economy has been resilient, uh, as has the Australian economy. And I think that surprised many, given the significance of the rate rises that we've seen over the last 18 months. In fact, US um, real rates are the highest that they've been in 23 years. But growth is still uh, healthy, um, both GDP, uh, the consumer is continuing to spend. Uh, and so what that means is that we expect that interest rates will actually be higher for longer. Uh, there has been a lot of optimism around the potential for up to five rate cuts in the US. But if inflation remains sticky and elevated, uh, I think that that uh, target of five interest rate cuts is too ambitious. On the flip side, China is in deflation, where prices fell 0.3% year-on-year in December. What's your take on China and the implications for Australia? Well, I think it's important to realise that China is in a very different part of the economic cycle, and that's reflected in both their more subdued uh, GDP growth and the deflationary um, prices that we're seeing there. And that's the fact that they're coming out of the the pandemic. That's been uh, more difficult. The consumer uh, is uh, has been very subdued. Uh, and they have a property bubble as well. And that's taking a lot, a lot longer uh, to, to, to materialise, to, to improve. Uh, and so for that reason, you're seeing uh, not the same sort of price pressures in the Chinese economy. What does all of this mean for shares then? Well, certainly for uh, Australia, um, what we have seen in China has been a very good demand for the broad commodity complex, particularly in iron ore and particularly in those metals that are so important for the energy transition. And that is one part in terms of investment that has been going quite well in China. And so from Australia's perspective, where we're mineral and energy rich, uh, that is a positive for Australia. And given this is the first time I'm speaking to you this year, I'm keen to get your um, tips on where the investment opportunities are for 2024. Well, we think that the investment opportunities are in areas which were the laggards for 2023. So remembering in 2023, uh, you had very, very good share price appreciation in things like the banks, discretionary retailers and technology our emphasis and our interest are in those areas which didn't have those sorts of rises in 2023. But we do believe that the underlying companies are very, very sound. And they're in areas like defensive industrials, consumer staples, healthcare and energy. That's Marcus Bogdan there, the Chief Investment Officer at Blackmore Capital. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.